heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, what can you really say about immigration, both legal and illegal, I'm speaking about, that hasn't been said already? Now, don't, don't, don't click off here, man. Don't touch the dial. Stay with us here. I know, I know. It's like, it's like deja vu. Do you say, Malcolm, didn't we have this conversation in the 90s or something? Or, or did we have it like just around 2000? Or did we have it, you know, which administration are we in again? Right? Yeah. Well, it is an age old problem for sure. And politicians from the left and the right of the ideological aisle punt from side to side. You see, it keeps them in power. It keeps them all uh, feeling good. Administration after administration has failed really to address the growing surge in crisis of illegal immigration. Now, a lot of people get confused with this, and let's be clear, and you know what I'm talking about, illegal immigration and legal immigration. I mean, everybody understands that America was based and built on immigration, legal immigration. That was the whole intent of Ellis Island and for people to come here, the European settlers, as we became a nation. But since then, it has really sadly been used as a power trip uh, from the uh, political elite uh, to gain power and to use the agenda in certain ways uh, that, uh, well, feed their coffers and uh, feed their uh, powerful intentions, uh, their agenda, if you will. Uh, It's a real problem, people. And let's be clear. You know, a lot of people have this idea or thought, too, when they live in middle America somewhere that like, yeah, I'm not on the border. It really doesn't matter, Malcolm. Like, uh, why are we going to talk about immigration again? And you see, immigration impacts all of us, all 330 million of us, you see. And it's a quality of life uh, issue really is what it is. You you remember that Donald Trump ran on this uh, catastrophe back in the 2016 presidential race, but he did it a little differently. It really was a big signature moment for him. In fact, I would suggest to you, it's probably one of the biggest reasons he was elected in that race was the surge of illegal immigration and really the default of what the Obama era had done to our immigration. And, you know, again, they've been trying to solve this from administration to administration, never really getting their arms around it. The one thing we have to admit is Trump did put his arms around the problem and he started to really see some results working with our neighbors at the southern border and in Central America as well. Remember, he worked with all of those and he created really new ideas and new thoughts and working with our partners Uh, for the betterment of all of us to create a a reasonable program uh, for what immigration was. Now, sadly, uh, you know, this whole idea of illegal immigration has become a big program uh, that's utilized by the cartels, gangs, uh, criminals. Uh, They're fueling this crisis. and, And my fellow Americans, I am here to tell you, they are taking full advantage 
you know, to, isn't it kind of sick? We don't learn from our problems and we, we, we never seem to move forward in this country. We just keep it really is a Groundhog Day moment for us, isn't it? When with conversations like this, it's the same thing like with healthcare and things like that. It's like we never really fix the problem. Well, we don't fix the problem because they don't look at the core of the problem and they don't want to fix the problem, people. I think what you're seeing right now is unprecedented, really, and the amount of executive orders this new administration is signing, quite a few of them are geared towards the immigration problem. And it's one of the things that he has commented on, uh, uh, President Biden, that is. I still have a challenge, by the way, and a problem with getting those words out of my mouth. President Biden, I, I just have a problem with the dictation of that. And and I'm a decent orator, a, a communicator, but I have a problem with that. President Biden doesn't flow well. I, I can't explain it any other way, you know. Uh, but here we are, right? Why is it that the Biden administration and the Democrat plan for immigration, what's it all about, really? What, what, what is behind all of this? Is it really the, the, the liberty, uh, the, 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 the torch in the harbor? Is that what this is all about, for real? I mean, ask yourself those questions and really come to an understanding of what the core problem is. What are they really after? And why this big change all of a sudden when the immigration policies were very effective? They had been curbed. And we had been really getting back to what America was based and built on, which is legal immigration. And the problem is the left and the media elites and the rest of them have made this more of a conversation about being xenophobic. This is nothing about xenophobic people. This is about real life. And all of these things we're talking about, the quality of life, it's going to hit you whether you live in Iowa, Michigan, Maine, doesn't matter. In fact, a lot of the immigration, the illegal immigrants end up in Maine, places like that. So, yeah, it's got nothing to do with the, the southern border being on the border. It's got to do with the, these people are pushed all over the country. And it's your quality of life that's going to be impacted. So this is a conversation that impacts everybody. I'm telling you, all 330 million of us, minus the political buffoons in Washington who have no concept and can never seem to get it together here. It really is remarkably a moment, I have to tell you, and it's a head scratcher. Let me bring on a gentleman now that we can he can we can head scratch together here. How's this? And um, somebody who uh, studies and, and follows the, the whole concept of um, immigration here very, very well. Happy to bring on the program with us. Daniel Baranowski is with us. Uh, he's a retired healthcare management and policy instructor at the Harvard University School of Public Health. He's a, I always say, he's a real student uh, of the political games that are being played in Washington. And uh, Daniel has uh, appeared with me a couple of times on Viewpoint, and it's good to have you here, Daniel. And so I put the argument out there, what's really behind it. And it is a deja vu moment. But I mean, do you ever get to the point at this point of your life where, where you just know it's so nonsensical, we'll never really fix these problems? Because Daniel, I don't think they want to fix the problems. I, I, you look at all of these things, whether it's healthcare, immigration, or whatever. I mean, does anybody really believe they want to fix the problems? How big, how big of a problem is this one? And, and what do you think? <laughs> well, Malcolm, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, there's so much, so much to say about immigration that, uh, it's it's so easy to become immigration fatigued, uh, if you will. And we the, are, and we are. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, President Reagan in 1982 sort of summed up this problem 
that Trump really struck on in 2016. And, and Reagan said, a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. There's few powers that are more fundamental to sovereignty than to control of our immigration system and investing in citizens coming into this country. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had a Congress willing to do the work. And so what we've had since Reagan in 86 amnestied in approximately 3 million people that were illegal is that we've had a series of executive orders. So every four to eight years, everything changes upside down based on whatever the philosophy is. Which is what's happening right now. Let's point that out with people. That's exactly what's happening. Biden is reversing by EO all of the things that Trump had put into play, correct? Absolutely. And you'd have to think, could is it, everything that Trump did was wrong? I mean, did none of this make any sense? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that did make sense. And it's the throwing the baby out and throwing the bathwater with it as well under some kind of morality, which is the, the, the obvious thing that they talk about, is that we are a kinder and gentler nation, that we are built of immigrants, and that we should have an ollie-ollie in free kind of immigration policy, an open border policy, which on its surface sounds really nice. But the problem is that there was a survey, you may remember the Gallup organization did in 2018, that said one half of Central America would migrate to the United States tomorrow. And that includes Mexico, a country of 130 million people. More than 40% of Mexico would just up and move to the United States. Well, obviously, you can't put up with that kind of, of immigration. There has to be some kind of system. And the system that we're talking about now has to do with populations. You know, populations are very important in the political uh, firmament of any country, of any church, of any territory. Uh, the Mormons in, in, in their birth policy and, and populating uh, Utah to gain access to the Palestinian crisis that's going on uh, it, it with Israel. Whoever controls the most population controls how the country is going to, going to vote, is going to move in the future. And that's really, I think, what the Democrats are up to at the moment, is trying to push these executive orders now to push as many people into the country for the future, but they're also in a hell-bent hurry right now right. to naturalize a backlog of about 900,000 people that are up for citizenship at the moment. Right, right. Let, let's and they'd breathe. like to get those people, they'd like to get those people, you know, uh, all uh, citizens by uh, the, the uh, 2022 election. That's right. That's right. Let's freeze the moment where you're at right there, because you you put out a a good argument there. uh, And you're really driving the bigger conversation and narrative with the ideology again behind this. Now, let's think a minute on this, Daniel, because I've thought a great deal about this. Mm -hmm. You know, I I like to suggest and think that all both Democrats and Republicans love America. I I like to think that when I go to bed at night and I put my head (laughs) on the pillow, I think, well, I I think they really do love, but then I wake up the next morning and I I find, uh, I I question it again. Do they really do, do they really love America? And I I question that again the the following morning. And and here's here's the whole thing, Um, you know, uh, 
you think what's behind all this with the push and the change from presidents like Biden and Obama, that uh, that philosophy, the ideology on the left. So why are they threatened? Why is illegal immigration so attractive to these people? And I got thinking about this more. So if they could win fairly, Daniel, based on our population, and really what I suggest to you is middle America, which is all of us, which is sure. the, the real people, okay? So we're, I consider us the real people. And so I think about like, okay, so, if they could really run on their policies, Daniel, without the games and the torch throwing and all of that, and then I think, well, well, you you wouldn't need these kinds of arguments because you would appeal to middle America and America would stand up and would vote accordingly toward the policies. Now, what's happening with these people is I find that they seem to, I, this is my guess, and I don't really know, and I, I throw this quandary out to you or okay. my, this thesis, if you will, but if that's, you know, if they're not, really comfortable with their policies, or, or let's even say, well, they're probably comfortable with them, actually, but if they think that middle America is not comfortable with them, then you think, how do they stay in power? And where do they go with this? And then I think they, they conjure up these ideas, these illegal ideas, and they, they, they fuel the debate with all kinds of crazy ideas and thoughts. And isn't that kind of what's happening now, Daniel? Yeah, I think it is. And there's a couple of things that, that in the 2020 presidential election, approximately 900,000 to 1.7 million illegals voted in that election. Based on prior estimates of studies like this, it shows that 80% of these folks vote Democrat, 20% Republican, giving them a, a 60% cushion. Yeah. The other thing is that when you take a look at Joe wanting to to give amnesty to 11 million people. And, and, and that's, that number's very much in controversy. People actually believe it's closer to 16 to 18 million. All the prior studies we have, because this is family-based chain migration right. that, that, that the Democrats have pushed for years, that on average, 3.45 people chain migrate for every legal new immigrant in the country. Mm -hmm. So if you give amnesty to one person, they over a four or five year span of time will sponsor another three and a half people. And when you take a look at taking 11 million, if you just want to do that math, you're talking within about a five or six uh, year period, having close to 38 million people yeah. gain citizenship mm -hmm. with the strong allegiance to the party that made this all possible. And that impacts our quality of life here. That's what a lot of people don't understand, Daniel, that jobs. Uh, Everything. The, the, it, it, right. Because the people that come, and this is the difference, yeah. Malcolm, that where Trump came from, mm -hmm. he wanted to change family-based chain migration to merit-based migration. And to where you had skills that you brought something to the country that you, you actually enhanced uh, the economic uh, growth in the country that you that you were going to be those entrepreneurs in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, we're immigrating a class of people who have very low, if any, formal education. They don't speak English. Mm -hmm. They don't have any job skills per se, except at the at the lowest level, and they they don't even have a uh, what you'd call the American uh, work ethic uh, in in many cases. 
uh, and this is all under the assumption that we have this many jobs in the country that Americans don't want to don't want to do. And if they take those but, jobs, there's not going to be jobs left for the other people. That's what happens for legal yeah, the, people. Well, the, the, there's no lower rungs to work your way up from. I mean, this is this. All, and, and, and then on top of that, you put on a fifteen dollar minimum wage and right. you, you crowd out. the So, you know, and, and that's the cost of this, too. People don't realize right now what immigration is costing us. I mean, almost everybody, even the midline uh, think tanks, are, uh, say that we're some, we're spending somewhere like a hundred and sixty billion dollars a year on illegal a- aliens living in the country because they're using Medicaid, they're using services, just the incarceration cost. You know, we have twenty-five thousand people in federal prisons that have committed crimes here that are illegal aliens. They're in federal prisons right now at a cost of thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah. All these costs accrue, and they accrue at the local level. That's who's paying for all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is right is right at the local level. So you know, it's it's like it's like pushing this money. They're pushing through Congress. Now they don't worry about the costs. It's all it's all about the votes, and it's just another vehicle to instill uh, their philosophy of what America is supposed to be. Right. Right. Now, and, and, you know. The, the Democrats know what you're speaking about right now. I mean, do you ever question that they don't know? I mean, they know what they're doing, right? I mean, they, they, they know. know what they're doing. They are very good at this. Right. I, I take my hat off. I mean, they're exactly. incredibly strategic. Yeah. I talk about it all the time, brother. They are so great marketers on the left. I mean, they oh. they they get high honors for that. And and the right, they just don't seem to package the discussion properly. No, no they're they flip flop. They're all over the first the first sign that somebody says boo to them. They fold. There's no oh. unity on the right. Yeah, they're on the left. They're unified. They'll go to hell in a handbag. But on the right, oh. there, there's no unification. Right? right. Oh, yeah. If you want somebody in a foxhole with you, you want the Democrat. Trump's whole idea of doing the migrant protection program. Yeah. And that was the stay in Mexico idea. Because what we That's were right. having here is that we were catch and release. So they'd come in. We'd tell these people to show up two years later. They, you know, 18% of them showed up uh, at best. And and now Biden said, not a problem. We're going to use technology to track them. Right. You're right. <laughs> and, we're, and we're back to all of that now. So I'll, let me ask you, what do you think? I mean, take a guess at this. What do you think Trump is saying to himself right now with all? I mean, he put so much effort into the immigration process. What do you think he's saying to himself as he sees? I mean, my golly, all these policies that Biden has uh, transitioned here now and turned around. What do you think he's thinking? He, he's saying, you know, these people are just fools. They're fools. The country, the country is going to take it into shorts. And there's nothing he can do about it. And it really is the fault of the Congress. I mean, he only had a Congress for two years that was a unified Congress, and it wasn't unified no. by any stretch of the imagination no. between Mitt, you know, Mitch and, and Paul. That was a disaster in itself. Uh, and then you had these never Trumpers that just couldn't get over uh, the fact that they no, he never had the support. Trump never yeah, had their support. He never had the support. So you couldn't get anything enacted into law. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that are really hard to change. Once you put something in law, you just don't change that every day. You don't change with a signature. But all this all this business that's going on right now, and you're beginning to see pushback even from from liberals in some of these states. You know, uh, Arizona, New Mexico is bitching now about you know, what, what do you mean that uh, you're withholding uh, deportations? That's mm-hmm. 100 day. We, we got to deport these people. We just can't keep stacking them up here. 
as they come in. And now you say they don't have to stay in Mexico anymore. You've done away with that. Right. right. You know, and and you will go or the situation again where you drive by the Home Depot. I don't know if you have this phenomenon in your neighborhood, but there's 25 guys standing out there in a parking lot. Yeah. You know. And they're all waiting around yeah, for I've you know the day people to come by and pick them up for this yard job or that yard job or whatever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's the local employment hall. Right, uh, right. That's right. We've all seen those images too, Daniel. All the things that they're doing now that we're suggesting as we come through some of these policies, you know, I think any reasonable person would look at this and understand that it's not sustainable. There's oh, it's there, not. None of this is sustainable at all. And so then you have to come back again. If you go up to 35,000 feet, then you say, well, what's the real objective here? What, what's the, you know, what's the ideology behind this? And what's the objective of the plan that they want to create? They want to create, they want to create a nation of people that vote for a living. Uh, and, you, you know, it, 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 the continuation of printing of money, you know, that really, it, it, we're really looking at, it, at a, a situation where we're losing our rights in many respects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've, you've, you've got all these people. We have an infrastructure that everybody says is crumbling. We're still waiting to find those shovel-ready jobs that Obama was talking about. But the whole damn country is in decay, but we're now going to put another 50 million people in the country in the next four or five years. And where are they going to go? There's not the housing right now. We're behind in housing. We don't have the school classroom size. Uh, None of these things in terms of our infrastructure can handle this kind of, of load. And these people aren't going to all come here and start tech companies. We're all going to be, you know, wealthy, rich, uh, from all their in, uh, inventions and everything else down the line. It, it just isn't that way. And in the meantime, we're paying for things. It, it's like the DACA program. Even though there's 800,000 people in the DACA program right now, there's a 3.1 million altogether that are eligible. And, and Biden wants to, to pass this through. It'll have to go through Congress. But they would give them amnesty, a path to citizenship. And it comes with other benefits. You get an immediate green card. And on top of that, you get two years of free education at the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And we're talking about billions and billions of dollars that are on the backs of everybody else. And then, then you come full circle, Malcolm. And here's the real kick in the, in the teeth. These people... A lot of making money under the table because that's the only way they can right now living, you know, in this underground economy, but they send it back to their countries of origin. Right. And in, and in remittances, we're sending about $68 billion a year out of the country channeled through largely illegal immigrants sending money back. This money earned here and spent someplace else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. it doesn't help our economy at all. No, no, no. That's that's always been an age-old problem because they send the money back to their families or relatives right. or other people who need it in these very, very poor countries. Uh, and because a lot of these countries, they realize, which is why they all want to come to America, they also realize we have a bleeding heart government who just, oh, as, yeah. as you said, just keeps printing money up. 
And all of this is coming at a cost to us. It's coming at a massive cost, which is bankrupting our nation. There is a day where we're going to wake up. Some generation is going to wake up as a people. And even those people left of center who go along with this warm and fuzzy idea that America's torch is meant for everybody in the world to come in, no matter what, those people are going to recognize one day that we've gone too far. I believe right this moment, this is the dismantling of the United States of America. Nobody should be comfortable with these policies that we're speaking about right now. We are, I'm telling you, my fellow Americans, I'm going to say this again. We're going from the greatest generation to the most screwed up generation in the history of the United States. And I don't say that with any joy in my step, but that's where we find ourselves right now. This debacling conversation on immigration is over the top. And you can see what's happening right now. These policies, there's going to be so much damage in these next few years. And then the question becomes, how much does that, you know, it's a teeter-totter game. How does that push us over the top and over the edge? How, you know, and then, and, and the worst part about this is, even if we are fortunate enough to get back in and, and they don't change the structure of the system and we're able to change it back, you see, nothing ever gets accomplished. Nothing ever gets fixed. And it's the same problems, again, that will have to go back. And so it's kind of, you know, I guess the way you would define all this, this really is, it's a, it's a very bad game of uh, insanity. I'd say Parcheesi, but it really is a game of insanity. And, you know, we go from far left to far right policies and procedures, and it really is like a seesaw game, people. And we're ever, never able to really fix the problems and get into the core of the, the, the challenges and the problems here. It is very, very discouraging and very, very concerning what has taken place right now. So let me tell you, we're speaking with Daniel Baranowski here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot. He, as you see, he is a great student of the game, understands the problems of immigration. And part of the problem and what I want to talk to Daniel about just after this pause here is that, you know, how do we go about educating the, the part of the country that has turned this channel off? The people that don't have real information and real data to understand the consequences and the facts, because the truth of the matter is, listen, I have a lot of friends and a lot of people on the left who would argue and say, well, Malcolm, the, the you know, the quality of life for all people and the, and the torch in the harbor means that America is really a floor mat or a doormat for anybody who wants to come in. Well, that would make us really a, 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 a you know, uh, I don't know, a nation that uh, really isn't the nation. If we don't have borders, we can't protect ourselves. We're opening ourselves up to all kinds of problems because this, this becomes multifaceted then, multifaceted to terrorism, to diseases, to the economic crisis. There are a lot of consequences of illegal immigration that are going to impact all 330 million of us. Uh, big conversation here for sure. Now, let me tell you, it, it just in the, uh, I want you to listen here to this next message coming up here. You know that to one of our programs on the network here, Blue Lives Radio, uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. Well, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, you hear sometimes the spots on the network here, the Wounded Blue. He created a great organization to help our, our wounded and fallen uh, law enforcement officers. And uh, we, we talk about this all the time in America out loud because we support our law enforcement, support our military and, and support the rule of law and, and our way of life as, as Americans. And um, 
Well, Randy is a, a very special uh, guy, and uh, he hosts, again, Blue Lives Radio. You hear it on America Out Loud every uh, weekdays, actually, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and I encourage you to listen in to him. He's a, he's a re- remarkable man, Understand has his hands on the, uh, the pulse here of what's really going on in our nation, uh, in law enforcement, for sure, and, and understanding the problems. Um, he uh, has a great message coming up right now. You've heard me talking about shop to the right, and he talks about it in a very interesting way. So I'm going to let him do the talking right here on the pause here about why we need to support shop to the right and why we need to support these kinds of movements in our country and put our dollars where our our uh, principles are so that we don't get sold out down the river if you will and then we really have nothing left we, we're gonna have to all start paying attention patriots alike all of us to where these dollars go so i want you to listen in to lieutenant randy sutton here on the pause here he'll give you a message and we'll rejoin you with daniel baronowski on the other side of the pause Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together, we need to shop together, and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement, and veterans. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Five years on the air and we will not be silenced. President Ronald Reagan once said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com.
join you back on the Voice of a Nation. And again, catch our show here weekdays at 6 p.m. is the first uh, feed you get of the program on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We have an encore at 10 p.m. every, again, weeknight. And this is Eastern time, but you get us anywhere in the world, really. You hear us on iHeartRadio. We're on many, many networks, but we have those great apps as well on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We also have a world-class media player, or just go to iHeartRadio and look up America Out Loud Talk Radio, and you'll be connected to one of the fastest growing conservative networks in the world right here, uh, 24-7 Talk Radio. All of our shows, by the way, go to podcast, and this show here does as well, uh, A Voice of a Nation. And typically a day or two after the live talk radio feed, you'll you'll be able to get it on podcast, and then you can listen on demand uh, on all of them, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart, you name it. We're on all podcast networks worldwide. So welcome you in here to America Out Loud. And uh, again, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com as well. Be sure to visit there, share the stories and share the good word. Uh, we're speaking here again with Daniel Baranowski is joining me on the immigration crisis. Uh, one of the things we're starting to see, you mentioned earlier, Daniel, about some of the states at the border states and some of the cities who are pretty fed up. I know in Texas, they're fuming in Texas, have a lot of people in Texas, a lot of friends, but also in Arizona, uh, in New Mexico, a lot of these areas, California even. We're starting to see some political winds start to shift differently as they try to recall uh, Gavin Newsom. And it looks like they're going to be successful from all people, uh, experts. I've spoke out there in California with. So a lot of these things with immigration, Daniel, they're having an impact. Let's talk about the sanctuary cities and states. And really, some people are even saying now the entire America is going to become sanctuary America. This was very controversial, sanctuary cities and states, and especially when you had illegals being deported sometimes three, four and five times creating crime and criminals, uh, hurting legal citizens. That became a big uh, how to do during the Trump years that we continue to fight against that. Now that Biden is changing the rules and and uh, with these executive orders and really creating a sanctuary America, talk to me about the dangers of this and what you see with this whole sanctuary business, please. Well, once again, thanks for having me, Malcolm. I I really love your devotion to these to these topics. They just need to be talked about. Amen. The um, Biden just issued an executive order for the revision of civil immigration enforcement policies and priorities, which in essence means that the United the United States now is a sanctuary nation. Um, no longer do anyone have to turn over um, people that are captured at the local level into ICE or uh, Border Patrol or anybody else. This has huge ramifications for crime. I, I mean, it, the crime is on the rise. Uh, people, few, few people realize that, that there's more than a thousand homicides a year caused by illegal aliens in this country, either through car accidents or shootings or other kinds of accidents. It's a huge toll. We hear about one situation here or one situation there as if these were one-off uh, circumstances. The other thing is that we were concerned about having a border out of national security. I mean, right now it's even harder to track. It's going to be even more difficult to track people coming across the border. But once they're here, 
running them down is going to be a, a, another major issue. Well, let's talk about that border a moment. Uh, so one of the big signature moments of the Trump administration was the wall on the southern border, of course. Right, Daniel, that was a big oh. deal. And he started building that tremendous wall. We've seen images of him down there plenty of times in video uh, footage of him inspecting the wall. And, and they took a lot of time to get the right wall as well. It wasn't just any wall. It was one that was uh, would work, would be effective because a lot of these walls are not clearly. Now, this executive order that uh, uh, Biden has uh, uh, put into play, the proclamation on the termination of emergency with respect to the southern border of the United yep. States and redirection of funds diverted to border wall construction. Boy, that is a hell of a mouthful, I'll tell you. <laughs> you, you know that came from a politician right there, Daniel, for sure. Yep. Um, and But this was to stop, let me translate that to people, okay? <laughs> so this is to stop building the southern border wall. Now, some people are thinking, and I, I want you to speak to this point to see what you've heard of. I've heard reports of some people think that he might even go to the point of deconstructing what Trump had put up there just as a philosophical point, just to jam it one over to the cuckoo's nest. What do you think of right. that point? Is that do you see that happening or do you think he will leave what's there and just uh, work around it? What do you think? Well, I think they're going to open more ports of entry along the border and cut out sections of the wall and redesign those as as more ports. Uh, I don't think he's going to deconstruct the wall overall, uh, but he will make significant changes to it as to uh, multiple ports of entry, welcoming people in. Uh, what he, by the way, this is another one of his unemployment issues. Uh, a little over five to 6,000 people were unemployed immediately on that executive order that were still working on the wall. But uh, Trump has really succeeded at least and both the practicalities and the function of the wall, but also as a symbol. And people know that there's got to be some kind of deterrent. And of course, there's nothing, there's a greater contrast than to see uh, all these people in Congress surrounded with 12 foot barbed wire fence and, uh, and troops that somehow wa walls are moral now where they weren't moral along the border. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about us building a wall around the Beltway in Washington, D.C. and lock these uh, SOBs inside D.C.? Do you like that idea? I like it, especially if we could dome it you know, <laughs> and, and, and really contain it. <laughs> I love your thinking. Dome the wall in D.C. And, just, and, and then what? And then what, Daniel? They can, then they can make a state out of it or do what the hell they want to do if they can't get out and bother the rest of us, right? All right, listen. Isn't, it, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, if we don't don't laugh about it. We'll cry about it. Oh, right? Lord. Already. Uh, all right. So let's talk about this MPP, the Migrant Protection Program. This is uh, interesting as well. Now, uh, yes. that's one of the executive orders that Biden has stopped. Right. And uh, Trump had in, in, in instituted this whole uh, migrant protection program. Uh, let's right. educate folks as to what it is and why Biden is stopping it, please. Well, it made perfect sense. The, the old system was is that you if you were caught or you or you sub submitted yourself to a port of entry and you claimed asylum, which is another th new thing altogether. People didn't come and seek asylum. They just tried to sneak in uh, across the border, period. Right. But now they're all saying they're, they're, pro they're persecuted in their countries, politically, domestic violence, everything else. And they're really economic refugees is what they've been for years. But what Trump was saying is that they, they would come in and you'd give them a court date and then you had to release them into the community. And they rarely ever came back for the court hearings. And so you just kept 
loading the country. I mean, every catch and release was another illegal immigrant somewhere in the country, uh, Lord knows where, and they were never going to come back for that uh, asylum hearing uh, period uh, right down the line, waiting for that, the next big amnesty, because that's what we seem to do is the next big amnesty. Mm-hmm. Trump turned around and said, Let, we'll work something out with Mexico. This makes a lot of sense. We're going to hear your case, but instead of you waiting in the United States right. to get your turn for trial, we're going to make you wait in Mexico. And, you know, everyone speaks the language there. It's a much better situation for you. And we don't have to track you all over the world. And we don't have uh, to have all those cages on the border that they all complain absolutely. about. Right, right. Yeah, we're not going to separate the children and, and, exactly. and do all the other kinds of things and yeah. take care of your health care while you're here and, and all the other costs that, uh, that go on with uh, uh, that system. The problem is that there, these caravans uh, rushing in have mm-hmm. backlogged that system so much that there's a little over, I think, almost uh, one million cases pending in the courts right now uh, to get through these hearings and they can't hire enough judges quick enough that, uh, adjudicate these cases. And this backlog just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So what's the solution to that? We just do away with that uh, migrant protection program and you just have them come on in. You just give them a, uh, a, uh, scheduling card and away they go they're off off into the country someplace yeah now let's explain uh, this is interesting uh, that uh, let's explain something here with this micro protection program you see by laxing the rules daniel and by them inviting all of these components in and just is it well it becomes a lawless society is what it is yeah. and the problem is it doesn't protect the illegals but more than that daniel it doesn't protect the children now here it is a lot of people my friends on the left they say well Malcolm, we have to be a compassionate society here's what i would say to you daniel how the hell are we a compassionate society when we let the cartels the gangs and the criminals do this to the kids and the women and all of this at the southern border which we can say in the name of what like this is somehow a a uh, 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 you know, a reasonable way to go about our immigration program. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, which is why when Trump said it's the migrant protection program, it really was to protect the migrants. Is That was the concept, right? That's the whole concept. Right, right. You protect them by doing these things. But if you have a lawless society and you just let people go, you like, catch a release, just do what you want to do. We don't really have, you know, that's that's chaos, Daniel. Why? And yet that's what they... Like all the executive orders that Biden is on right now, to me, it looks like total, total chaos. It's the wild, wild west is what he's trying to bring back here. Well, what, what he's doing, though, too, is he's generously rewarding all the traffickers. 100 percent. Because now they can get into the country. The, the problem with the stay in Mexico problem is that you paid someone $8,000 to, to take you across the border and you're not getting across the border. Yeah. You're stuck in Mexico. And so there's this, you know, the cartels are really up in arms about this whole thing. So now all of a sudden, we're going to start this money machine again, where you pay the money and we get you onto the other side uh, of the border. And, you know, this is going to bring back all the problems with what happened to the kids. Now we're responsible for the kids, even though we let you come in and take your children with you. Some some of these children aren't don't belong to these parents. and how, how is that going to get taken care of? Just leave it all in Mexico. And Mexico is doing a fabulous job with it. 
Mm -hmm. It was amazing the support that he negotiated with Mexico, you know, right down the line. But now, now we've got all these caravans revved up again, and it's just going to be one after the other. And and this gets back to an issue too, uh, unfortunately, of race. Mm -hmm. You know, if Europe, if 20 million people in Europe wanted to immigrate to the United States, I wonder how that would go over with the Democrats compared to 20 million people from Central Mm. and Latin America. That's rich. That's rich. Uh, I I think there'd really be a different turn because the people that would be coming over from Europe would be better educated. Mm -hmm. Many of them would speak English and they wouldn't all be Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that if you're gonna if you're gonna play your cards, you're, you're gonna you're gonna go south, and you're gonna look at that population, and then you're gonna do this great job of selling humanitarian. Yeah, this yeah. is all about humanitarian stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've worked in Central America a yeah. number of years with health education institutions, and uh, there's plenty of people trying to do things down there. Well, I was uh, just going to say to you, what about even our adversaries? I mean, certainly you've got to see uh, that uh, a lot of our enemies, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure, I'm certain, I'm positive that they're in these areas edging this on, and they probably have programs in there edging this on because they know that oh, this sure. is the downfall of our country, yeah? Oh, for sure. I, once again, what which country would, would turn around and say on, on a per capita or a similar basis, given their population, would want to take in 10 million people from Central America. You don't see anybody standing up at the UN and saying, that's okay, send them all over here. And by the way, all these executive orders coming out like machine gun fire right. is also very purposeful. They come out so fast, you can't even keep, you can't even, have you tried to read one of these uh, executive orders? Yeah. You need like to have just, two law degrees. <laughs> like I just read that title. Just the title yeah. alone is a mixture of words. Well, you yeah. know, I, I seen a, something where he came out and he said something about uh, Biden now, something about um, that, um, that he's not creating new law. Oh, yeah, I think he right. said. Is that right? Is that what you heard? Yeah. Something about he's just trying to change all Trump's policies that were yeah, all wrong. The, all, all the evil. He's uh, he's eradicating all the right. evil. Uh, right, right. Done. Yeah, and then getting to the core point then of this whole voting machine of future Democrat voters, uh, we we see in a uh, a, uh, a Breitbart article here uh, that said President Joe Biden is looking to surge the number of legal immigrants yep. who became naturalized American citizens yep. and thus are eligible to vote ahead of the 2022 midterms and 2024 presidential election. Correct. That, 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 that kind of hits it head on, doesn't it? Oh, it, it, it absolutely speaks right to it. And the, the other thing that's it's curious that goes hand in glove with that is that he's also issued an executive order ensuring that there's going to be a lawful and accurate enumeration of apportionment pursuant to the decentennial census. So in other words, we're going to count illegal uh, immigrants, illegal aliens now in our population. That's right. And we're going to apportion congressional seats based on where those people live. And uh, two of the biggest populations are in New York and in California. Uh, And the other uh, the third one is Illinois. So, uh, you know, they, they all have growing immigrant populations. They're going to have more Democratic Congress people. Well, again, the left is always two, three steps ahead here. You see, they're thinking ahead, uh, like you just say, with uh, like Breitbart pointed out, these future elections and just with what you say there. All right. 
let you and I now, let's step back a little bit more, Daniel, okay? Okay. And and let's take a look at, uh, I, I want to, let's try to bring the conversation up. I'm, I'm trying to anyways, to 50,000 feet from 35 now and talk about, okay, how, I mean, all right, with all these um, shenanigans they're playing right now, and we understand the core problem of trying to create future Democrat voters and what they're up to. And you bring up a perfect point talking about Europeans versus, you know, Central and South sure. America and what have you. That doesn't come under the guise of a of a of a uh, xenophobic statement. It's just a pure no. fact. Yeah, it's no. just a pure fact. It's data yes. that you're looking at. And I, I just want to point that out because I know some people might take that out of context. But here's so here's what I want to ask here now. So what do we have to look forward to? Now, we're going to take our crystal ball out right now. As you say, I'm guessing, as you are, that right now of the political operatives are looking at these upcoming elections already. As soon as one's done, they start looking immediately at the next midterm and then yep. the next presidential general election. And they're looking at these future years now to see how do they stay in power. Now, I presented early in the program here, Daniel, this uh, a thesis I put out there that, uh, you know, they I don't I believe the left already knows they can't win with middle America. Real America is not going to vote for them in the way that they need to be able to gain that power again. And if you take out California, New York and Illinois out of the equation, they're in a heap of trouble, sure. Daniel, heap of trouble, which is why the electoral, uh, you know, college versus the popular vote is an ongoing conversation, as well as all these other things, yes. and congressional districts and all of this. So how do we right now, it looks very dire. I know a lot of people on the right. Are, I mean, they're more than concerned right now with what's taking place. People are edgy. I mean, it's more than just there's a lot of depression out there, but there's also a lot of edginess. I mean, real edginess. Now, I'm talking about reasonable people, Daniel. I'm not making this stuff up that are talking to me about separating states from the nation and creating a blue America and a red America. They think we're beyond the path, the point of, uh, you know, uh, we can't come back again, no controls. And they're, they're looking to put some volume controls on this thing. So how do we see this thing playing out now? Are we past the point of, or are we, how close are we getting to that point of no return? What are some of the ideas or suggestions you have moving forward? How do we reverse all of this? when it seems to be piling on right now, Daniel? Well, the most important thing that we have to, uh, to look forward to is, that, is the 2022 elections. We've got to take the House back because we have to put a stop to the amnesty program. And it's hard to know how many senators, I mean, the House seems to be much stronger on these issues, but it's, it's hard to know how many senators will look the other way and, and try to be bipartisan, whatever incarnation that is. Uh, and, and go along with some kind of amnesty situation to try and solve wh what they see as a moral crisis. But that's the, that's the first thing that's got to happen. We need some political clout someplace. And, th and the only place it's going to come in the next two years is in the House. If we fail to do that, I'm afraid that <clears throat> we could lose some Senate seats coming up because we've got a, a heavy load to carry this uh, uh, in 2022. And... Uh, if they really uh, unify and solidify both the House uh, and the Senate, they will push through all kinds of immigration reform and it'll be the wild, wild west. And they'll be printing money to, to support these issues uh, right, right, down, right down the line. And I don't think there's, there's much we can do. I do think there's a lot of risk going forward. There's gonna be a lot of really angry people 
that are going to be unemployed because of all these things that Biden's doing right now. And if you put more people in the, in the workforce, there's only so many lawn jobs, you know, and meatpacking factory jobs uh, in the country. There's certainly not, an, not enough for the millions more that will come into the country and those that will now be able to be employed uh, because of amnesty. But, uh, you know, I'm a student of the Civil War. And when you take a look at the newspapers, uh, which were a very rich source of uh, primary research, uh, Civil War days, the, the discussions that went on there and the anger that went about these two different views of the country. I mean, those were the similarities. Are they completely two different views? And people became beyond reason about the whole thing. And it led to an awful lot of conflict. Um, but it, 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 this whole fear baiting that uh, the Democrats continue to do and 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 as they continue to try and push people on the right into um, these terrible caricatures of, of being people that don't even deserve the right to, to be on Twitter or to have employment or whatever because of your views, that, that's another avenue they're pushing very hard along with trying to make you feel like you're some kind of reprobate because you don't support their immigration policies, which are really all meant from the heart. Without that, without that midterm election now with the House, as you point out in 2022, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk before the 2020 race. And, and let, let me tell you, I heard like a lot of people, a lot of smart people say to me, well, this is it. This is it. And you like, know, if we don't you know, win this race, it's over. The country's done. Biden gets in there. Kamala Harris, uh, the Marxists are running the ship. We're done. All right. Well, now the Marxists are in there. They are running yep. the ship and they have the full power levers now. So now we say to ourselves and I pose the question, to you, OK, so what happens next? And you say, well, Malcolm, the only reasonable thing is 2022. We've got to take that house back and we've got to really secure the Senate. And so we have control of Congress uh, to be able to, you know, and so now that means we have to put a compelling case out to the American people. We have to put out a very compelling case. Part of the discussion like you and I are having today yes. and much of the discussion here at America Out Loud is really critical to this putting out a proper uh, a case point so that America sees what the stakes are, you think? Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We've got to we've got to talk about it among ourselves so that we're armed with the kind of conversations to influence other people, because everybody walks away with a soundbite on a topic and that's all they know. But if you if you give them the tools to bring up points that they haven't thought about, that they can you can really back them up uh, with the kind of data and everything else you're going to make a reasonable approach to a lot of those people in the middle. I've got to believe, Malcolm, there are millions of moderate Democrats that are in voter remorse right now, yeah. Yeah. watching what's going on with the unemployment, with what all the things that Biden is doing and trying to tell everybody we're all going to do solar panels. Uh, it, it isn't just they're seeing it on television. They're experiencing it in their homes. And you're even finding some of these very liberal states like New Mexico are beginning to push back. Mm -hmm. uh, and even some of the, the senators, the, the Democratic senators are beginning to push back, saying some of this stuff just doesn't make any sense. You keep going down this road. But that's what we need to be prepared yeah. with 
why these other things made so much sense, why the pipeline made so much sense, why the stay in Mexico plan made so much sense, why orderly and limited immigration made so much sense, mm -hmm. why we limit the number of people that come here as refugees makes sense, how we began to tackle a huge problem. We have over 350,000 births in this country. Mm -hmm. These anchor babies, people come here have their babies. The baby's a citizen, and now they've got an anchor here in this country. It's That's a strange it. way to go about yeah. citizenship. Well, it is, but they do this. Uh, they become a ward of the state, and uh, That's right. you know, then the money chain opens up, and that you're exactly right. There are so many problems that are profound with immigration. It's just, oh. It, it, oh, yeah. I mean, there are so many tentacles of it, Daniel, you know, through our entire system here. Um, this is you, uh, just incredible to be able to uh, sit and talk with you about some of the challenges and the problems of immigration, Daniel. Uh, and uh, I so appreciate you. Well, and your, I, I your really voice. enjoy the, I really enjoy the conversation. Man. Yeah. And let me just remind folks, we're speaking to Daniel Baranowski again, a, really a, a just a terrific political student of the game and a historian and, and somebody who understands uh, what many of the challenges are. Uh, we the, the bottom line is we have our work cut out for us now is what's going to happen here just to hit yeah yeah it is a chuckle daniel for sure because we have our work cut out for us there's no doubt about it but that you know there's a lot of bad information out there uh, there's a lot of people spinning and create putting their truth on false you know falsehoods and right. creating more and more falsehoods we have a big responsibility here at America Out Loud. And, you know, doing a lot of lifting here, a lot of heavy lifting to make a difference out there. And so I want to encourage all of you out there to help us get that word out there, please, to be able to uh, turn back the tide, if you will, and be able to charge forward to save our great country. I, I think we're most of us concerned. And, you know, uh, listen, it, the, it's sad when you get to a program like this, Dan, when you get to the end of the program, you say, well, the most optimistic thing I can say to you is that, well, the opposing group, the fact that they're so radical and they're so out of their minds right now might be a good thing because it might open up the eyes for the rest of America. You know, when you have to say it like that, we're in a heap of trouble, Daniel. You know that. I know, but I do believe pride goes before the fall. And uh, Amen. They, they're really pretty full of themselves right now. Um, and, and they're already beginning to hit some road bumps because they haven't yeah. thought all these things through. That's it, buddy. That's exactly. Well, no, that's it. And so those road bumps, I think what, what we got to hope now and count on is that the road bumps and that, the, again, it's like driving down the boulevard, uh, my fellow Americans, and, you know, you, you start hitting the speed bump. Well, just look at the radicals right now with the speed bump, and they just keep hitting that speed bump, and they just, you know, go right over it, and hopefully they'll crash on the side of the road somewhere, and uh uh, we'll we'll continue on with the journey here. Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know if that's a good uh, analogy or not, but I'm going to stick with it just the same here. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for being with me on the journey here. As always, it's time to get involved and get loud.